0: As our wonderful children are exiting for their uh, children in worship time, I want to remind you that we've got Bibles in the back. Hay if you don't have a Bible, I really want to urge you, especially today, and especially in light of what we're talking about, to have some form of the Bible in front of you. Quiero uh, animarles a que agarren una Biblia de la mesa. Si no tienen en particular hoy, en cuanto al mensaje, quiero que tengan una Biblia. We've been in a message series on the gospel according to Matthew, and today we're wrapping up part one of a two-parter. We'll take it up in the fall again. Estamos concluyendo la primera parte de una serie de Mateo, que vamos a seguir en el otoño. And our readings this morning come from Matthew chapter 13. Verses 1 through 9, and then also we'll skip over to verses 40 through 43. Vamos a leer Mateo 13, del 1 al 9, versículos 40 al 43. There are page numbers, I think, up on the screen there that will guide you if you're using those Bibles from the back. Si las Biblias de atrás, la página indica dónde está el texto. And keep in mind what we've been doing in this series, we've been covering two chapters at a time. That's why I want you to have your Bibles in front of you, because I'm going to make passing reference to some things, and you'll want to catch it. And so you want to have your Bibles open. Vamos a uh, incluir y abarcar dos capítulos, así que tengan sus Biblias abiertas. We're looking at chapters 13 and 14 today. We're trying to get our arms around that. Estamos abarcando el capítulo 13, 14 hoy. So I'm going to read first in Spanish, then in English. Leo primero en español, después en inglés. And this is the good news of our Lord. Let's listen. Escuchemos las buenas noticias al Señor. Ese mismo día salió Jesús de la casa y se sentó junto al lago. Era tal la multitud que se reunió para verlo que él tuvo que subir a una barca, donde se sentó mientras toda la gente estaba de pie en la orilla. Y les dijo en parábolas muchas cosas como estas: Un sembrador salió a sembrar. Mientras iba esparciendo la semilla, una parte cayó junto al camino y llegaron los pájaros y se la comieron. Otra parte cayó en terreno pedregoso. Sin mucha tierra, esa semilla brotó pronto porque la tierra no era muy profunda, pero cuando salió el sol, las plantas se marchitaron y, por no tener raíz, se secaron. Otra parte de la semilla cayó entre espinos que, al crecer, la ahogaron. Pero las otras semillas cayeron en buen terreno, en el que se dio una cosecha que rindió treinta, sesenta y hasta cien veces más de lo que se había sembrado. El que tenga oídos, que oiga. "'That same day, Jesus went out of the house "'and sat by the lake. "'Such large crowds gathered around him "'that he got into a boat and sat in it "'while all the people stood on the shore. "'Then he told them many things in parables, "'saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. "'As he was scattering the seed, "'some fell along the path, "'and the birds came and ate it up. "'Some fell on rocky places "'where it did not have much soil. "'It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow.' But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. He who has ears, let him hear. And then verse 40, versículo 40. Dice Jesús, así como se recoge la mala hierba y se quema en el fuego, ocurrirá también al fin del mundo. El Hijo del Hombre enviará sus ángeles y arrancarán de su reino a todos los que pecan y hacen pecar. Los arrojarán al horno encendido donde habrá llanto y rechinar de dientes. Entonces los justos brillarán en el reino de su Padre como el sol. El que tenga oídos, que oiga. Jesus says, as the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will weed out of his kingdom, Everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. So this summer, I am doing something I haven't done in 18 years or 17 years, something like that. Soy haciendo algo este verano que no he hecho en 17 años. I'm, I'm planting a, a pepper garden in my backyard, tengo un jardín de chiles, and I have now in my backyard 19 plants, 19 of the hottest peppers I could find, I've got ghost peppers, habanero peppers, I've got cayenne peppers, I've got scorpion peppers, tengo 19 chiles de, de, la, de, de los más picantes. and I'm enjoying it so far. I'm working on it slowly but surely. And in fact, that's one of the lessons. If you look at the next picture, see bien la la foto, it's growing, right? That's good. Está creciendo. But uh, the thing I'm learning is this. I'm relearning this truth, actually. It takes time. Se requiere un proceso de mucho tiempo. There's a part of me that is ready for hot, chiles right now, but I can't. I can't because I've got to wait for at least two more months before these things start to give fruit. And it's, you know, I mean, it's just going to take a process. Uh, Tengo que esperar por lo menos dos meses. Uh, I don't want it to be that way, but that's the way it is. Así es. And as we look today into Matthew chapter 13 and into chapter 14, I think that that is a theme that emerges out of what we read. Es un tema de Mateo 13, también. The theme here is that the story, the different story that God is writing in the person of Jesus and in his kingdom, that different story is a different story that is going to take time for it to develop and come to light and come to fruit. La historia diferente que Dios escribe en Jesús y en su reino eh, requiere un proceso, requiere mucho tiempo. In fact, it's not just going to take a little bit of time. It's going to take all of time. It's going to take all of history for what God is doing to come to its final completion. Se requiere toda la historia para que esto venga a a su fruto. And so that's something we need to understand. And in fact, that's what we find Jesus doing here in chapter 13. We find him trying to help people understand the nature of what God is doing, the nature of his kingdom. And he does that by telling a series of parables, spiritual stories that come from our everyday world. Jesus narra parabolas aquí. And the first parable, the one we just read from the first part of chapter 13, the parable of the sower, in a sense, I think, is a key that unlocks the other parables. Esta parabola es como la clave de las demás. A farmer goes out and he's got seed to sow, he spreads it far and wide, un sembrador esparce semilla, but the seed sinks in at different levels, depending on where it falls. La semilla cae y se asimila en diferentes niveles. Some seed doesn't sink in at all. It hits a road, it's hard, the birds swipe it up. Alguna semilla está en el camino y no se asimila nada. Then there's some other seed that gets in a little bit. Hay otra semilla que se un poco. It's the rocky soil, but it's very shallow and on the surface, and so the roots don't go down, and eventually the plants wither. Después no raíces y las plantas se marchitaron. But other seed does get in. Se cae otra semilla, se asimila bien, but when it starts to grow up and out, there are other factors. There's the thorns that are on the outside to choke it out. Hay espinos que, que las ahogan. And finally, there is some seed that falls upon soil that is turned over, soil that's open, fertile, cultivated. It sinks in deep and it grows up high and it bears all kinds of fruit. Otra semilla cae en tierra fértil y se asimila y después crece y da frutos. It gives 30, 60, 100 times what Jesus is talking about is the story of the kingdom of God, of what God is doing, and how we take that into our lives. Se trata de la historia del reino de Dios, and, and the point is that, that, you know, for some, that story just simply doesn't sink in. Para algunos no se asimila lo que dice Jesús. In fact, that's even why Jesus says he tells parables. Por eso él narra parábolas. He says to his disciples, in effect, you guys are good soil. To you has been given the secrets of the kingdom of God. I'm going to explain it plainly to you. A sus discípulos les da los secretos al reino de Dios. But in verse 13, he says this. This is why I speak to the others in parables. Por eso hablo las demás en parábolas. though seeing they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. Por eso les hablo a ellos en parábolas, aunque miran, no ven, aunque oyen, no escuchan, ni entienden. He quotes the prophet Isaiah, who basically says the same, that the people's hearts are in different conditions. Some hearts are really hard. Some hearts are really rocky and and only on the surface. Some hearts are choked by the cares of the world. Algunos corazones están duros. Otros están preocupados por las preocupaciones del mundo. There's only certain seed that's or certain people that are going to let the seed in. And it depends upon the condition of the soil of your heart. Depende de la condición de tu corazón. In fact, the key to understanding what Jesus is saying is found in verse 9. He who has ears, let him hear. El que tenga oídos, que oiga. In other words, this is not low-hanging fruit that's served up to you on a plate, all served up with, with all of the pieces divided and cut up. No, you've got to work to get to this. You've got to engage the word of God. You've got to take it in. You've got to process it. And you've got to live it out. If it's going to have its full effect in your life. Tienes que absorber esta palabra para que penetre y después vivirla. And that's important. Because we're living in a world of competing messages. Estamos en un mundo de mensajes competidores. That's what the parable of the weeds is all about. That he goes on to tell of a farmer who uh, sowed wheat and then weeds came up because an enemy came in and put other things in the field. Un sembrador sembró trigo, después vinieron malas hierbas. What God is up to in our world is not immediately evident the message of the kingdom as it begins to take root in us and as the message of Jesus begins to take root in the church and and in the world, the world also tries to take root in us. The world also tries to take root in the church. El mensaje del reino al echar raíces en nosotros, también el mundo echa raíces en nosotros. And what we find is that we're living in a place and in a time where there are competing messages and there are competing messengers. The world, the flesh, the devil are all present and it's not always apparent what is going on. Hay mensajes de un lado y el otro. Lies and truth grow up together. But here's the thing, he who has ears... Let him hear. El que tenga oídos que oiga. What God is up to may not be immediately evident, but here's the thing. Jesus says, God is going to sort it out. Let the word in. Dios lo va a dividir y separar. If we look at verses 41 through 43, Jesus talks about the end, and he says, the son of man, that's him, at the end will send out his angels... And they will weed out of his kingdom. Everything that causes sin and all who do evil. El Hijo del Hombre enviará sus ángeles y arrancarán de su reino a todos los que pecan y hacen pecar. We live among the weeds. We live even in the church with different kinds of people in different places. Some who are good soil and some who maybe aren't. But we are not the ones to judge who is wheat and who is weeds. God's going to sort that out in his time. No juzgamos quienes son trigo y quienes son malas hierbas. But again, verse 43, Jesus repeats. Here's the key. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. El que tenga oídos que oiga. Same with the parable of the nets. Así con la parábola de las redes. The fishermen haul in a bunch of fish. Los pescadores pescan peces and they're of all different types. And they sort out at the end the clean edible fish from the bottom dwellers. Separan los peces malos de, de los buenos. Again, this is talking about the kingdom. What is going on in our world is not immediately evident all the time. That person you may think is a bottom dweller, a bottom feeder, may at some point catch the message of Jesus Christ and in the end become one of those clean fish. Amen. It's not up for us to judge or to know, but this is something God will sort out in the end. Uh, no debemos buscar quiénes son los malos peces y quiénes los buenos porque es Dios quien los va a separar a fin de cuentas. But what are we called to do? He who has ears, let him hear. Que tenga que oiga. I like what one Bible scholar said about this. He says, talking about chapter 13 here, he says, this takes time. Se requiere un tiempo. And sometimes it takes, dare I say it, hard work. A quick glance at the scriptures here. An occasional sitting in church, here or there or in a group. This is not me saying it. This is this guy. He's saying, if you're just kind of here and there, catching it on the fly, being entertained by some new idea, it's probably not enough. Una ojeada las escrituras, asistencia, a la iglesia, estudio para saborear una nueva idea no será suficiente. Here's the deal what Jesus is driving at. Care and thought needs to be put into the task of hearing the word of the kingdom until it has taken proper root. Esmero y concentración se para la palabra del para que eche raíces. So, he who has ears, let him hear. Let it sink in. que tenga que I don't know, in my experience over the years of talking to all kinds of people and reading what people write about the Christian faith, it's interesting to note that I see that there are often two very... A different but related complaints that skeptical people have about the Christian faith. Hay dos quejas que las personas escépticas tienen acerca de la fe cristiana. And one complaint goes like this. Christianity is just too simplistic. I mean, talk about gullible. Talk about naive, those Christians. La fe cristiana es demasiado simple. ¿Qué inocentes son ellos? I mean, who would be stupid enough to believe that God could have created everything we see in all of its complexity just by saying, let it be so? ¿Quién puede creer que Dios crea todo diciendo simplemente que así sea? I mean, who could, who could be you know, naive enough to believe that a man dying on a cross 2,000 years ago has anything to do with our modern life today? ¿Quién puede creer que un hombre en una cruz cambia el mundo? I mean, don't. I mean, faith is for people with no brains, who don't take the time to think. La fe es para gente que no piensa. That's the complaint. Ironically, Oftentimes those skeptics who say Christianity is too naive have never taken the time to investigate the claims of Christianity. Muchas veces no investigan lo que dice la fe cristiana. Because if they had, they might be doing the other complaint. Si hacerlo, que se quejarían de otra forma. And here's the other complaint that many skeptical people offer up. Oh, man, the Christian faith, I mean, it's just boring. All those stories and all those complicated teachings that you guys talk about. Oh, todas esas historias y enseñanzas complicadas. I mean, you've got a Bible with 66 books, thousands of chapters and verses. Come on now. Life shouldn't be so complex. Faith shouldn't have to be so difficult. La Biblia tiene 66 libros y miles de capítulos la fe. No debe ser tan complicada. I mean, please don't confuse me with all of your Bible verses and, and complex theological jargon. No me confundan con sus versículos bíblicos y, y palabras teológicas. Don't bore me with the details. In a sense, they're saying the same thing. They've not taken the time to really investigate To really take it apart and understand. So Christianity is either too simple or too hard. Which is it? (laughs) The answer is probably both. Why? Because, you see, what God is doing in our world is like seed planted in the soil. It begins as something that's hidden But it begins a small and over time, the work that God is doing in our world through Jesus, it is increasingly revealing itself if we have eyes to see and ears to hear. La obra de Dios es como semilla plantada que se revela. It's like a grain of mustard seed. It's so small you can hardly put it between your fingers, but you put it in the earth and it's invisible for a while. And yet what happens? Give it time. And you've got the largest of garden plants. Un grano de mostaza se planta, es invisible, pero después tienes una planta muy grande. It's like a little bit of yeast inside some dough. It's como levadura en una masa. Put it in there, let it sit. It, it, the, the yeast is invisible. Es invisible la levadura, but give it time. And that mass of dough begins to expand and to puff up. Y la masa se fermenta y, y se hincha. The kingdom of God is something that is hidden, but it's coming to the surface. And in fact, in, in verse 35, again, it says that by telling parables, uh, by Jesus telling parables, this is what was fulfilled. What was fulfilled was what was spoken through the prophet. Al narrar parabolas, dice que así se cumplió lo dicho por el profeta, versículo 35. And it's quoting Psalm 78. It says, I will open my mouth in parables and I will utter things hidden since the creation of the world. Hablaré por medio revelaré cosas que han estado ocultas desde la creación del mundo. Jesus, in telling the parables, is planting seeds. And eventually, they grow if we are having ears to hear. Jesús planta semillas. And in fact, what he's planting is not just A seed. He is planting a treasure. Está plantando un tesoro. We flip the page and go to verse fifty-two and fifty-three. Jesus says something very powerful as he's done finishing uh, as he's finishing these parables. Jesús dice algo poderoso. He says, "Therefore, every teacher of the law who's been instructed about the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storerooms." New treasures as well as old. Todo maestro de la que ha sido instruido acerca del reino de los cielos es como el dueño de una casa que de lo que tiene guardado saca tesoros nuevos y viejos. What I'm doing, he's saying, is I am bringing out for you to see old treasures as well as new treasures. Estoy sacando... Viejos tesoros y nuevos tesoros. In a sense, what Jesus is talking about are the old treasures of the Old Testament. The Old Testament scriptures son los tesoros del Antiguo Testamento. And now he is saying, I am the new treasure. But the old treasure shows the new treasure, if you have ears to hear. Yo soy el nuevo tesoro, dice Jesús. Remember a couple of weeks ago, I talked about this pastor who in recent weeks has said, We need to disconnect from the Old Testament. We need to unhitch from it because it's just not useful anymore. Un predicador que ha dicho, tenemos que desconectarnos del Antiguo Testamento. It's too bloody. It's too gory. It's too judgmental. It's too violent. Es demasiado violento, muy sangriento, mucho juicio. So we just need to ignore that. Hay que ignorarlo, dice este predicador. Jesus would say, no, that's treasure un tesoro. It's an old treasure. In fact, the negativity of the, new, of the Old Testament was really meant to point to the need for the new treasure, the Savior. You say it's all gross and, and negative and judgmental and violent. Yes, it is. That's what happens when you don't have someone step in the gap to die for your sins. That's the world without Jesus. Es el mundo sin Jesús. But in the old treasure, the new treasure is hidden. Está escondido el nuevo tesoro en el viejo. Because the Old Testament is pointing to Jesus. And when Jesus comes, he reveals the old treasure and how rich it really is. Jesús revela que tan rico es el viejo tesoro. It's when you discover it, it is worth giving up everything you've got and more for it. It's like a man who's digging through a field and he finds a box of coins. A, a, a lifetime of money in a box, in a, in a little treasure box. Un hombre encuentra un tesoro en un campo. He covers it up. And what does he do? He goes off and sells everything else he's got to buy the dirt. Because the dirt has a treasure in it. El hombre compra el terreno con todo lo que tiene. It's like a, a, a merchant who's going through the market and his eyes, his trained eyes, spy a pearl. The perfect pearl. There will never be one like this ever again. Un hombre con ve una perla. What does he do? He quickly gets all of everything he's got and goes and slaps it on the table and he buys that pearl. He's got nothing else but that pearl. But he's got the world. He's got everything. El compra la perla, no tiene nada más, pero tiene todo. That's the new thing that God is doing in Jesus. That's the kingdom of God. It's el reino de Dios. So here's the bottom line of what's coming out of chapter 13. It takes time. For the reality of God's kingdom to sink into us and bear fruit. Lleva un proceso para la realidad, para que la realidad del reino lleve frutos en nosotros. And so what do we need to do? What's our response? We need to cultivate the soil of our lives. We need to cultivate faith. Hay que cultivar la fe. How? Opening our ears, opening our hearts, abriendo el oído y el corazón to receive the written word of god the bible and the living word of god jesus hay que recibir la palabra escrita la biblia y la palabra viva que es jesus he who has ears let him hear el que tenga oídos que oiga those in jesus hometown they don't have the eyes or the ears to receive him they just say oh that's just joseph and mary's son They're looking at things on the surface. Los del pueblo de Jesús dicen: Ah, es el hijo de María, de José. Están mirando solo a la superficie. But there's something deeper. And then we get to chapter 14 in capítulo 14 and the story begins to, to ramp up a bit because here we find that John the Baptist who's been arrested by Herod is beheaded, cruelly murdered, senselessly killed. Está matado Juan el Bautista por herodes de una manera sin sentido. And Jesus is affected by that. That deeply cuts into him. Está afectado Jesús. And some Bible scholars say that what's going on here in part is that the shadow of the cross is beginning to creep over the story. La sombra de la cruz ya está visible en la historia. John is dead and Jesus knows he is next. Juan es muerto y Jesús va a seguirlo. Now that truth hasn't sunk in with the disciples. They don't get it. Los discípulos no lo captan. But Jesus goes off to a quiet place so that he can gather himself as he prepares for the next phase of the journey. Jesús va a un lugar solitario. Of course, when he gets there and to this quiet place, he finds it's not quite so quiet. Chapter 14, verse 14, capítulo 14, 14. When Jesus landed at the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw a large crowd and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Cuando Jesús se desembarcó y vio a tanta gente, tuvo compasión de ellos y sanó a los que estaban enfermos. One, one Bible scholar notes this, and I, I agree with it. He says, Jesus is willing. He does something I wouldn't do. Él hace algo que yo no haría. He, he sets aside his own need to pay attention to the need of the crowd. Él pone a lado su necesidad para prestar atención a la necesidad de la multitud. He ministers to them and then he performs a miracle that really in itself is a parable as well as a miracle. Él Think about it. In the natural realm, if you have five uh, grains of wheat and you plant them, you can theoretically, naturally harvest a whole wheat field and you can feed thousands of people bread for a long time. Con cinco granos de trigo puedes sembrarlos y tener una cosecha para multitudes. If you have two fish of the opposite gender, you can, theoretically, in the natural realm, you could create a whole school of fish and feed a village. En lo natural, los peces pueden producir multitudes para la multitud. But Jesus does something else. Jesus takes five loaves full of dead wheat, and supernaturally, he blesses it and breaks it and multiplies it and grows it to feed. 5,000 men plus women and children. Jesús toma trigo muerto en los panes y los multiplica para dar de comer a, a las multitudes. He takes two dead fish and supernaturally, he is able to multiply them and feed the whole crowd as if they were a school of fish. Sobrenaturalmente multiplica dos peces para dar de comer a las multitudes. And in this, I think we see A picture of what Jesus is going to do for us and what he has done for us. Vemos lo que Jesús ha hecho por nosotros. Jesus is going to die upon the cross. A dead man is going to be the means by which God multiplies resurrection life, eternal life to the multitudes, to all who would receive him, to all who would have ears to hear and hearts to take in what he has done. Jesús para morir en la cruz y Dios va a usar su muerte para multiplicar vida resucitada y eterna a las multitudes. And then there's 12 baskets left over. That's not a take-home bag for the disciples. That's, again, there's something symbolic there where he's saying, I'm giving you the authority to go and do the same. Go take and feed the masses my word. Les estoy dando autoridad, dice a sus discípulos, Para dar de comer a las multitudes la palabra de Dios. And then Jesus does get that prayer time in. Después se se pone a orar. And then we find this incredible story. We kind of sang about that story earlier. Where Jesus comes to the disciples. Walking on the water in the middle of a storm. In the sea of Galilee. Jesús camina sobre el agua en el mar de Galilea. And what we find here is that Peter has grown in his faith. Pedro ha crecido en su fe. Think about it. Back in chapter 8, if you go back to chapter 8, there was a storm on the Sea of Galilee. Jesus calmed the storm, and the disciples were scared. Peter was among them. They were terrified. Los discípulos tuvieron miedo en capítulo 8 cuando Jesús calmó la tempestad. But here, no. What does Peter do? He's not afraid. He's grown. In fact, he's grown so much, he says, Jesus, let me get out of the boat with you. I'll go with you. Hasta incluso, invita a Jesús que yo salga de la barca, Jesús. And he gets out. He walks on water. Amazing. Peter has grown. But it hasn't quite sunk into him that he must keep his eyes on Jesus. Todavía no ha asimilado que tiene que tener los ojos puestos en Jesús. And so when he starts to see the winds and the waves, because it hasn't sunk into him that he needs to see Jesus, he begins to sink. Él empieza a hundirse, por el agua. And before we judge P- Peter, we need to say, you know what? That's us. This is you and me. Así somos nosotros. If we have faith, there are times we step out of the boat. There are times we grow. There are times we, we get it. A veces que lo captamos y salimos del barco. And then there are other times. <laughs> and you know what those other times are, right? You've got your own. There are other times when we sink like rocks. And we fail and we mess up. But why? Because it's a process, folks. It takes time for the seed of the word to get into us. Lleva un proceso para que la palabra nos afecte. And then Jesus goes to Gennesaret. He lands in this area that's a Gentile region. Jesus uh, llega a Gennesaret and he heals people. And here again we see a seed. We see the seed of what is to to come in the future. This isn't the full-blown mission of Jesus to the Gentiles. It's not going to happen in his lifetime on earth. It's going to happen with his disciples. No es toda la misión a los gentiles, but the seed is planted here and it's going to grow. Give it some time. So I think by now you kind of have a sense of where, where we're going with this, right? ¿Tiene un sentido esto? It takes time for the reality of God's kingdom to sink in. I'm going to say that again. Se requiere tiempo para asimilar la realidad del reino de Dios. So what does that mean for you and me? We need to cultivate faith, the soil of our hearts. Hay que cultivar la fe, opening up our ears, opening up our hearts, abriendo el corazón y el oído to to take, in, to, to take in God's word, to receive God's word, para recibir la palabra de Dios, the written word of God, the scriptures, and the living word of God, Jesus. La palabra escrita y la palabra viva que es Jesús. To cultivate is really the language of habits. What we're talking about is the habit of listening. Se trata del hábito de escuchar listening to the word of God. And that's where we want to go. And I think that's the message here coming out of chapter 8. For me, the application is to encourage you and me to listen to God's word regularly. Queremos escuchar la palabra. In fact, for the month of June, that's where we want to go. I want to encourage you to be listening to God's word in June. Quiero que escuchen la palabra de Dios en junio. In fact, I want to kind of confess something here. I've been planting the seeds with you this year of new habits to be different people. He estado plantando semillas de nuevos hábitos este año. And I haven't told you. I've just been kind of quietly doing it. But what I've been doing is planting the seeds of an acronym that I've learned about. And the acronym is this, BELLS. It's a way of remembering some of the habits we can develop. B stands for BLESS. BES BENDECIR. If you were paying attention, if you had ears to hear in February and in March, we talked about going out and blessing people, blessing three people every week and finding ways to to impact people. Hablamos del hábito de bendecir a las personas hasta tres personas por semana. The second one, E, is for eat. La C es comer. If you had ears to hear in April and May, there were a few times when I said, I want to encourage you to find people to eat with. Get together with them because over a table, something happens. That habit of simply being with people and cultivating relationship changes things. El hábito de comer con las personas, cultivar relaciones, algo que cambia a las personas. Let's go to the next screen because the L is for, believe it or not, Listen. Listen. That's the third habit I want to talk to you about. This was la escuchar, and in the month of June, that's what I want to invite you to do. Now, once upon a time, we talked about a, a habit of reading the entire Bible in two years. We're still in the middle of that, and if you've fallen off that particular habit of reading the Bible every day. To read the entire Bible in two years, I want to encourage you to get back on track. And here's a simple way. Estamos leyendo la Biblia en dos años y aquí una manera simple de seguir adelante. My encouragement is to simply listen. Listen to the daily Bible reading. You don't have time to read it? Well, then use the audio feature and hear it. And I've talked to some people that have been doing this. I talked to somebody this morning who said he has caught up. We're on three months worth of Bible reading by listening to three chapters a day. And now he's ahead. That's great. That's what we're talking about. I want to encourage you in that. You can use your phone. There's an audio feature on the Bible app. There are websites like BibleGateway.com that do that. You know what else works? Simple. Old school, just pull out your Bible and read out loud. Pueden leer la Biblia en voz alta. I've been doing that this week, and as I'm in Isaiah, I'm hearing things I wasn't seeing. And it's helping me. Me está ayudando a mí personalmente. And that's why also we're doing the worship and word on Wednesday nights. We're training ourselves to listen and to take in the word of God. eh, esto de adoración y palabra los miércoles. I want to invite you to that on Wednesday night. At six thirty, we eat, and by seven, we're 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 singing and we're listening to Scripture and processing it and taking it in. Estamos procesando la palabra en ese evento. That'll be going on for a couple more weeks. So, that's the invitation. Let the word of God sink in. Que asimilemos la palabra de Dios. Let Jesus, sink in. a Jesus. It may take some time, but let's be watching for the harvest that God's going to bring out of it. Estemos vigilando la cosecha que Dios traerá. Will you pray with me? Let's pray. Vamos a orar. Lord Jesus, it is easy to let words bounce off our ears and never really go through our heads and into our hearts and we recognize that your word is a special word that sometimes because of our spiritual inability we don't process it a veces no procesamos tu palabra porque nuestros oídos son muy duros y corazón corazones también. And so, Lord Jesus, your invitation this morning is one we want to take up. He who has ears, let him hear. El que tenga oídos, que oiga. Lord, let it sink into us this week what you want us to know and how you want us to respond. Que asimilemos qué quieres que sepamos y cómo quieres que respondamos. I pray a blessing over every person that has listened this morning that your word would sink in deep and that the changes you desire would come in their lives in your timing. Que tu palabra se asimile en el corazón de cada uno esta mañana para dar el fruto que tu quieras. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the word, the pearl of great price, the treasure that we seek. Gracias, Jesus, nuestro tesoro. It's in your name we pray. Amen.